Ready? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to 100% Real with Alex. Today, we have a very special guest, David, the closer. Thank you. We're actually here in one of his investment properties. We just went over the history of the property. We went over some of what he's planning on doing with it. So we're going to dive deep into his story, where he's coming from, and also a little bit behind the scenes of like, you know, what is he currently doing to actually buy these investment properties? How does he run the numbers? All that good stuff. So thank you very much for being on, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Alex, for the invitation. You know, followed you for a very long time, and it's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, man. I'm staring here on your floor. There you go. <laughs> you know, so this is the second unit, right? Uh, this is actually my my the second unit for the building. Yeah, yeah. So yes, second yes, unit. yes. This is the second floor where we have the highest ceilings of the whole house, actually. So six, six. <laughs> so this is how many um uh, jobs have you done in regards to like investments? Uh, this is actually my third property, which is why I thought maybe you were talking about that before. Uh, this is my third property so uh each property has two units two units and this one is going to have three units so it's going to be nice. a total of seven units three properties that i will be owning so you have seven cash flow i mean seven cash flowing units yes that's sick man. yes that's awesome seven, how seven. old are you i'm 34 years old i 34? just turned 34. wow so i want to you... say 33 though but i'm 34. <laughs> so how uh, when did you start getting into investing uh i started getting to into investing in real estate just two years ago, to be honest. So this is my third property in just two years. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So when did you know it was like, all right, I got a fun, because you're also a realtor, right? Yes. Um, so when did you were like, okay, this is the this is the right time to get into investing? How like how long did it really take? What was like the process of that? Well, when I started real estate about almost seven years ago, I started doing a lot of rentals. It was actually very hard for me because when I started real estate, I was broke. I had no money, you know. I feel like that's everybody's story. That's everybody's story, right? We all got to start somewhere, you know. Uh, my mother has actually been in the business for about 20 years. Oh, so you're you're a, a second generation. Broker. Yes. Yes. That's yes. Awesome. I've actually um, interviewed uh, Vincent Koo, who's also second generation. Nice. As well. And you guys just have it in your blood. You guys already know. Listen, my mom kind of like really pushed me to get my real estate license. I was working in sales for another company before I started real estate. And after the Sandy Hurricane came, uh, the company went broke and they went bankrupt. So I was left with no job. And that was the time, that was actually what did it for me mm. when I was pretty much, I lost everything. I actually went bankrupt. Oh, wow. About seven years ago, <laughs> I went bankrupt. I lost my car. My father was helping me to pay my bills. Mm. And uh, I kind of like something just told me like, all right, it's time to listen to my mother. You know, maybe I'm at the right age where I'm not too stubborn. And I decided to take out my license. I felt the test about four times i'll be honest oh wow four yeah, times I, to be honest with you i felt it twice so. <laughs> it's a hard test <laughs> yeah i mean especially when they started talking about mortgages and you actually uh, don't know any of that process yes. and they're, they're hitting you with that that's why i make all my agents like really focus on the mortgage part <laughs> I feel it's like it's a lot of a lot of information a lot of information but i finally passed it and and i did rentals for the first two years and uh you know i started seeing being in real estate how well people who sold houses actually did. And it was kind of like a dream for me, you know, to be able to help people. Mm -hmm. uh, because one of my dreams had always been to buy my own house. And I guess getting into real estate helped me accomplish that goal of mine even mm -hmm. faster, you know? So you said that you went through bankruptcy and that whole process. Yes. So like, what did you feel like be being that you had your back against the wall that actually made you a better realtor or? What do you feel like? I feel like, you know, like everybody else, you know, being broke, no money, kind of like you hungry, you know, so you 
you got to out hustle everybody else. You know, you got to go out there and hustle, you know. So what did, what did that actually look like? So like, what were you cold calling? Like, what were you doing? When I was actually uh, started doing rentals, I didn't have a car because my car got repossessed. So my mother uh, knew somebody, this older guy that had um, like a Crown Victorian. It was like a 1940s Crown Victorian. <laughs> he sold it for me for $700 and... That's what I used to kind of like drive around and show apartments, you know, oh, wow. and and just, you know, start making money to save, to save, because my goal at that moment was I got to save, 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 because I had a very good job when I was working before I got laid off and I went broke. And one of the things that I didn't do when I was young is save. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you got to save money and be smart with your money. And I feel like I learned from my mistakes and that's what I'm doing now, mm -hmm. you know, coming from a hard past, you know, coming from getting it myself and starting from zero and learning everything myself, kind of like now I'm using that as an example and as a lesson to not make the same mistake again. And that's why I'm kind of like, whatever money I can make, I'm kind of like just investing it and preparing for my future, you know? Gotcha. And, th and those ideas, did you get any of them from a particular book? Is there any like, uh, I feel like there's always usually a commonality. In honestly, the, the, I feel like the book that changed my life, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of it, The Secret? Oh yeah. Yes. I I used to I used to be the secret. Yes. <laughs> like in all of college, I was the secret. Awesome. <laughs> Just so you guys know, like I read that book like maybe like three times. Yes. And optimism, like I wanted to be optimist prime. Like I wanted to be optimist, <laughs> optimism all the time. I would not hear anything negative. Like exactly. I was like, that actually like that was some of the happiest times of my life. I would say. That book changed my life, Alex, honestly, to, to be honest with you. And anybody who has read it actually can agree with me. But I do believe in the law of attraction. And I guess I believe, you know, that anything you say your mind to, you actually can accomplish because all of this, guys, I'm telling you, everything that's happening in my life, all these investments, all, all these properties that I'm buying. Your happy family. My, my family. I just had a daughter. You know, this is something that it was in my, in my head first, you know, kind of like I visualized it. And you talk to the universe, you're positive, you go, you do everything with a positive attitude. You, you care for others, you're kind, you're loving, you're not selfish, you know, you're not jealous of other people, you know. And I feel like by living my life with this attitude, along with, you know, being optimistic and being positive, just keeps on bringing blessings into my life. You That's know? awesome, man. And I actually want to dive a little deeper into that. So in regards to like... The negative things are happening how would you say that you kind of work through that right to stay optimistic to stay yeah. positive to keep pushing forward even if things don't necessarily go your way even though it's setting you up for that positive right how do you kind of see to that that end again you know being optimistic is just really what it is that's what life is about like if something negative is happening for to you or or, or happening you know in your family or or what in business whatever it is it, you know, you got to think about it like everything happens for a reason. Maybe that is what's meant to happen because that's probably going to put you in a different position later on where you're going to sit and say, oh, wow, I'm glad that that happened to me because this is where I am now. So going again, being optimistic, meaning that you actually something bad happens to you, then you kind of like got to think about it positively, you know, like, like maybe How this can is... you flip it, find a silver lining? Exactly. Kind of like, you know, you have to like look the positive into even the negative things that happen to you mm -hmm. in your life. You know, you kind of have to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's how I overcame all the negative, you know, always being positive, always, uh, you know, thinking of ways to, to figure things out, you know, mm -hmm. because sometimes like, for example, with this construction, you know, the pandemic happened, it's like shit. I wasn't expecting for this to happen. Excuse my French. No, it's <laughs> you, you know, it's like 
like shit, you know, the mortgage is not going to stop, you know, what do I do? And it's like, you have to figure it out. Yeah. So being put in these situations or in these negative situations, is kind of like, it's going to teach you, you know, it's like, I, I feel like in New York, that's what happens here. Yeah. New York just puts that in you, you know, yeah. like that drive. Yeah. I mean, the hustle is definitely here. I feel like anybody that's from New York can definitely talk about that drive. But um, one thing that I feel like I've noticed about myself too, is like, observing the universe and allowing yourself to see it because sometimes yeah. you get so wrapped up in a negative thought that you're like you can't see what's right in front of you exactly so like i, I had a, a string of bad deals once right okay. and instead of saying like why does this bad deal or why do why am i still attracting the same what does it keep happening client, right? right instead of actually saying like okay what am i doing what am i doing right now to actually attract these negatives right. am i acting in desperation okay am i not coming from a abundant mindset all these different things and i feel like by keeping that gratitude on, by keeping that optimism on, you you can operate on such a high level. Like Amanda always has that that good vibration going on. Yeah. And I feel like you know that's a, that's a must, especially in such like a a, a service demanding business yeah. like real estate. Exactly. So you went from being a realtor into being an investor. Yes. Right. So in regards to like running your numbers and picking out the right investment, do you go based on just a gut or do you have a specific like formula that you like to follow when picking out your properties? Well, uh, all of the properties that I own, I kind of like, I think it strategically bought them at the locations that I was familiar with. Uh, I actually lived in Maspeth many years, so I was very familiar with the area. I always thought it was a very, very beautiful neighborhood, you know, friendly neighborhood. Uh, you know, it's close to pretty much everything. And that's why I decided to look into this investment, which was a multifamily home mm. to rent out to give me maybe some positive cash flow. And uh, I kind of like put that in my head. I want to, I lived in Maspeth. I want to own in Maspeth, you know. Mm. Uh, the second property I bought, with, which, which was with my mother, we bought a house together because she was still renting. So kind of like wanted her to stop renting. Uh, I worked in Hicksville for this company that actually closed down, that went bankrupt when I when I went bankrupt also, uh, in Hicksville. So I worked in Hicksville for maybe ten years. So same thing. I'm very familiar with the area. I go to the. I used to go to the IKEA a lot over there. I used to go to the shopping center, Broadway Mall. If you're familiar, uh, so my mother also always mentioned Hicksville to me, and she always wanted to live in a nice neighborhood. So I said to myself, you know what? Let's look in Hicksville. Yeah, because believe it or not, taxes there are actually not that bad in some of the properties yeah, you find yeah, compared to compared, compared to, to other areas you actually like my mom's my mom's house the one that we bought her taxes are 7300 so That's for Long Island it's very good you know yeah for sure especially if you're not like having kids going to school it doesn't really matter like, exactly and uh, the first property which is Elmont which is where I currently reside uh, I kind of uh, looked to see what was the next upcoming area that I would feel would give me you know a lot of equity later on if I would sell it and because queens is so expensive i thought to myself all right cross island what's borderline queens long island that's not too far in because i still want to come to queens to my favorite restaurants because this is where i grew up and i wanted to stay close so the next most affordable areas would be elmont and valley stream and right after i bought uh, the elmont property that's when i found out about the islander stadium Mm, yeah it looks amazing it's coming out amazing so it's a huge project and just by because of that project my home in two years already went up in equity 11%. That's awesome. So I'm super positive on that house, you know, awesome. as an investor. So in regards to like pick, so you, in regards to picking it, you're, you're investing in the properties or in the areas that you are familiar with that you really like. Um, I actually think that's an amazing way of going about it because yeah. I feel like if you really love an area, you grew up in an area, 
you should be investing in your neighborhood. Yeah. Right. Um, so just rewinding it back real quick. So you you pick out the area based on where you feel would be the next up and coming neighborhood. Correct. Right. Um, do you look into specific rent rolls or anything like that when buying a property or? Well, yeah. When you when you when when you're in real estate like myself and yourself, I feel that we know which areas are the ones in high demand mm-hmm. uh, where people prefer to live. So here in Maspeth, when I was doing a lot of rentals, about 70% or 80% of the people that would call me for a rental, they would say, I wouldn't want to live in Maspeth, Middle Village. Mm. I, you know, these are the areas that people like, I guess, mm. you know, yeah, yeah. For, for them to live with their families. So that kind of like triggered also that, that okay, I got to get in Maspeth because it's a very desirable area. And, uh, and we know what the rents are going for in these areas yeah, to kind of sure. like be at that positive, uh, the positive, um, you know, numbers game, you know? Yeah. So when you look for at these specific numbers, are you looking like, I want this to cover like a majority of the rent plus some, right? So exactly. you, you want to make sure that your cash flow. Exactly. So what you do is uh, you calculate your mortgage, you know, what is my mortgage going to be uh, after you paying your taxes, after you pay your water bill, after you pay your insurance, you know, all the all the expenses that you have for the property and if you calculate the rent roll on each apartment for example this property in specific the mortgage is going to be about 4500 uh, and with the three units if successfully rented at the price that I wanted to rent at I should have a total of about between 7000 to 7500 per month uh, coming in so that leaves me with about 3000 to 3500 in cash flow every month that's awesome. That's After awesome. paying, you know, the mortgage. And gotcha. And do you have any like specific strategy in regards to like throwing that back in or you're just kind of cash flowing and holding? Well, yeah, pretty much what, what I want to do is uh, save and repeat. Okay. You know, that's what I want to do. You know, I feel like me at this age, I I'm just focused on getting my hands on as much property as possible, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and property that I could rent yeah. to kind of like establish my retirement. So by the time that I'm. 50 years old my portfolio right now my real estate portfolio because that's aside from stocks mm-hmm. which is a different conversation that's <laughs> up for another day guys my real estate portfolio right now is worth a little bit over two million dollars so if i continue to do that and with the equity that the properties will gain throughout time hopefully i'm trying to be at maybe a 10 million or even more mm-hmm. by the age of 40 45 you know that's, that's awesome, my goal that's, that's a really really good goal and um in regards to like cash flowing and stuff are you planning on doing like a cash out refi when you can to, to buy the next one or you know it's funny you, you say that because a lot of people say it's good a lot of people say it's not you know uh when you refinance your property you obviously taking some money out of the property but then you still have to pay that money back. Yeah. So I haven't had the necessity to do it yet. If I have enough money saved up to not do that, if you have money saved up to not take cash out of your property, mm-hmm. then you don't don't do it because that means that by the when you sell, you're gonna make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you need to, because you simply don't have enough funds and you have a property where you have enough equity in order to be able to pull out a hundred thousand dollars and still be able to be at a comfortable mortgage payment then yes that's a very good option for you to be able to cash out i'm actually helping somebody out they just refinanced their home in elmont and he took out a hundred thousand dollars his mortgage is still very pretty comfortable monthly payment Mm -hmm. and he's going to rent the property in elmont to somebody else and he's going to buy something bigger 
in Long Island, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like that's also another good way that most people don't even think about. Like, sometimes you can invest, your first property could be your first investment property, yeah. right? You living there, building up the equity little by little while you're saving exactly. is such a, is, is a great avenue compared to just renting. Yeah. Right? And just paying yourself and then saving as much money as you can to buy the next property, whether you're going to refi or whatever it may yeah. be. That's also a good option just to get your feet wet. Into exactly. Investing. To get your feet And you wet. know how much you're spending on water. Exactly. Right? Like all that stuff. That's one thing I feel like a lot of investors that are new don't know about, like for me, myself. Yeah. Like I, I've always grew up in a co-op, right? Like, yeah. So for me, I don't know that. You got pampered. Yeah, yeah, I got pampered. I, I take hot, long showers, you know? Listen. And I, you know, you know, it's funny you say that because you cut off all like your wife's shower, like hey, stop. No, imagine, how, <laughs> no, but I did learn, you know, from cutting the grass, you know, when in, in the Elmont property, when the pandemic happened, the guy that would come and cut the grass, he actually stopped coming, you know, because of the pandemic. And then I'm like, shit, I gotta go and rent the machine and actually do it. When I went to do the job, I was like, Jesus Christ, it's it's not an easy job to do it right, you know. And these people come every week to cut your grass. At the end of, uh, of when I finally got in touch with him after the pandemic, I actually gave him a raise. Oh, man. Yeah, he was giving me a very good price. He was charging me $20 per week, which I thought was very good. But until I realized how hard his job was, I, I called him and I said, listen, I miss you, man. I need you to come and cut my grass every week because that's a tough job. And I actually started giving him $30 a week, you know, because yeah. I kind of like saw how hard it really was, you know? Yeah, to, to, sure. But those are, those are one of the things that, that you learn as a homeowner, you know? You have to kind of like either hire somebody to like do these things to, to maintenance your property, but in a co-op, you don't have to do that, yeah, you, you know? Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm in for a big uh, lesson learned yes. one. Because like what our, our uh, me and Sonia's um, specific plan is to actually go out into Suffolk County. Okay. Um, we have a connection with like programs out there. So nice. what we're going to do is like, buy rehab and then put like a program in so we're like guaranteed that specific Perfect. money and then rent and then, it out. then rinse and repeat as many times nice. as possible um as long as we're cash flowing a good amount right. per house we're just going to keep the process until we can grow our portfolio exactly out. that's that's my goal is to buy a house every two years and in two years ago listen to this two years ago my goal was to buy a house every two years two years later i own three properties already yeah so i mean you gotta you gotta push it up sometimes that's crazy right yeah, like, you should make it six now ex exceeded my expectations but that's the idea you know mm -hmm. the idea is to kind of like plan focus and execute you know yeah, that's the sure. bottom line i mean that is truly the bottom line um when it comes to like work-life balance do you feel like real estate is more of a lifestyle compared to actually just a job right do you feel like everything is in encumbered like everything is the same or do you have like well, a the way that i treat my profession as a real estate agent uh, like you said, it's, it's like a lifestyle, but I, I'm, I'm, I look at myself more as a tool to, to help people. And I believe that I am very successful at what I do because I don't really think about the numbers too much, about how much money I'm making, but more how, how many people am I helping and how many more people I can help. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that's, what, that's why I'm very successful at what I do because... Kind of like, yeah, it's like a lifestyle, but at the same time, it's like I'm passionate about it. So I'm passionate about helping others. And I feel like real estate and myself was like a 
like a good match, you know, yeah. because I'm kind of like just helping people, yeah. comp- helping them accomplish their dreams, you know. Yeah. So um, for those of you who don't know, you were actually in music before yes. real estate, right? Yes. Before so, real estate. Yeah. So you want to give a little story about how you were in that field? And yes. Eventually moved over. Yeah. I mean, when I was in my early 20s, I, I was actually uh, uh, in a music group called Dos Con Flow. Uh, I was the rapper and my friend Christian, a.k.a. Santo, was the singer. Mm-hmm. We were actually very, very good and we were doing very well. We actually... You went on tours and everything. Yeah, we, we toured Colombia. We were on the radio, on TV. We were lucky enough to even get into the studio to make a song with Nicky Jam, mm-hmm. which we actually dropped the song on, on social media recently. But, uh, you know, that was fun. You know, it was fun. But at the end of the day my personal life wasn't as organized as i would i would like it to be you know it was a crazy lifestyle you know imagine you're in a hotel then moving from here to there and shows here interviews here you know it was very hectic you know and it was fun while it lasted but one of my dreams was always to have a family as well and to kind of like have stability maybe because growing up i didn't have a lot of stability Mm -hmm. moving into this country you know, being an immigrant here and kind of like starting over, you know, with my family, my brother, my mother, my father. So I kind of like always wanted that stability. And mm-hmm. with music, I really didn't find that. Yeah, that so like that singular place, that home. Yes, that yeah, home, yeah. you know, it's like it was fun and I loved the experience. And I thank God every day for everything that that happened in my life when I was doing music because it was a lot of fun, man. You know, we, I have stories like crazy. <laughs> crazy stories (laughs) it was a lot of fun but again it just the stability wasn't there and i feel like now that i'm 34 years old that's one of the things that i thank god for the most is Mm -hmm. the stability that i have now with my future wife my baby and my profession and now as a real estate investor i've I've never been as stable like as i am today you know that's awesome man so like you went from being bankrupt to now having three properties yeah right that are cash flowing in a matter right? of years you know in three a... four years sacrificing three four five years of your life yeah and to be honest with you that's 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 an inspirational story because there's a lot of people out there that haven't dealt with the necessary back you could say like being bankrupt is like taking a couple of steps back yeah right because obviously your credit's messed up but you, you got creative and i'm pretty sure yeah. you got creative and try to figure out a way to get around that yeah and I feel like that's that's definitely like you can say the immigrant um, mindset, right? Like a lot of people don't like value that as much as I feel like most people should, right? Right. You come here, you want to make a better life for you exactly. and your family. Like you're gonna make it by any means possible. Exactly. Right. You yeah. gotta find a way to do it. You gotta find a way to do it. And I feel like that's what I've done in my life. Just yeah, figured man. it out, you know. And now that I have a daughter, now I, I think even more about her and her future and. I don't want to. I don't want her to go through the same thing that I went through. You know, I want her to be okay and and teach her everything that I know and teach her everything that I didn't know. You know, gotcha. Growing gotcha. up, that's awesome, man. So I feel like you really shed some light on like the investment side and the real estate side. So is it what? What's next for for David to close? Are you what Jesus. other deals are you working on? <laughs> Honestly, uh, what's next? That's a very good question. Something I I haven't even thought about, but. Like, is there any specific projects that you have in the line that you... you Yes, uh, I actually want to start a business with uh, my future wife. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to that. 
Awesome. I feel like that's going to be my next big thing. Yeah, so you're getting into the entrepreneur game too. Yes, uh, you know we are entrepreneurs. Yeah, at I mean, the end of the day. Me, you're like you're gonna have multiple yes. streams of income. Yes, the the idea is to have my own business, and I feel like having multiple sources of income is going to even help me continue my goal as an investor to continue buying properties, and and that would be like my next big move, which you guys will probably get to see yeah man i'm excited to see what, what happens yes i don't want to tell anybody yeah, about can't it talk about it but he told me a little bit about it and it sounds like a really good idea yeah it's gonna be an awesome idea we're looking very 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 forward to it cool, cool, cool. and i'm very excited to actually come back and actually look at this house when yes. it's finished before and maybe we can help you rent it out like, yes like, of course a hundred percent man i listen sharing is caring man and like i told you if you have anybody for these rentals I can't wait to, to see the finished product also. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, if you guys have, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I did post some of the pictures when I got this property a couple of months back and you could see what this looked like before. It was a two bedroom. The walls were like this thick, mm-hmm. four, la- four layers like plaster, she rack, wood, wood, wood. Oh, so man. we kind of like knocked everything down and mm-hmm. to make, you know, more space. And now I'm going to turn it into a, beautiful units for yeah, people man. to be able to enjoy in this beautiful neighborhood when me and sonia came originally there was, there was just like piles yes. of wood like maybe up to my like knees up to, yeah, like was, everywhere it was crazy there a was, lot of garbage we took out uh six trucks full of garbage yeah. and they were about each truck was about 30 yards Damn, long <laughs> that's wild so um and then you also found pictures here and there was something that was shocking when you walk in you see uh, a yes. swastika yes on on the wall yeah maybe man. we'll pull it up and show it but yeah we'll I, show you yeah. when i walked in uh when they were doing the, the 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 demo you know they were taking everything off and there was actually a nazi sign drawn on the walls behind i guess the stairs it had like this little pla- plastic cover mm-hmm. behind it there was the nazi sign there so maybe the people who did the construction Originally, originally were probably like you know. Yeah, a little bit racist. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I don't to know, draw a little that. bit racist. But listen, honestly, when I saw that, I was like, yes, yeah. because you know, again, I'm an immigrant, I'm a minority. Yeah, and we bought it. <laughs> and I'm your, here. your victory is my victory. I'm not like we bought it. Like, yeah, bought it. we bought it. You know what I mean? <laughs> listen, we're making a difference here. And even the neighbors, you know, when I first bought the house, I I'm the type of person that. I like to have a good relationship with everybody. I mm-hmm. went to my neighbors. I said hi to them. I introduced myself. I told them. And this is a very p- good piece of advice for all my investors out there. And realtors. And Same. realtors, yes. You know, having a very good relationship with your neighbors could mean either hell for you or heaven for you, you know? So the first thing that I did before I did anything to this house is go present myself and tell all the neighbors, listen, if there's anything you need or if there's anything going on that you don't like, make sure you call me, you talk to me. And I'll take care of it right away. Yeah. And and that that has actually helped me a lot. Yeah. I, I want to dive a little more about, I know this is 100% real and it's a little off topic, but I want to dive a little more into like racism in real estate. Yeah. Right? I feel like something that's not really mentioned much in other podcasts yeah. or anything in general, but we are going through a shift in the yes. world right now where, you know, people are you know, getting into the streets and demanding. Yeah, revolution. That, yeah, man, it's like a, we're, civil rights is back yeah. at it again. And I feel like, you know, let's talk a little bit about it in the real estate world. Because I know I've had to deal with it personally 
as a realtor. Yeah. Um, I've, I've dealt with people that are like, hey, you know, well, they tr I tr wanted to deal with them, but I couldn't deal with them because right. they were like, oh, I don't want black people renting here yeah. or I don't want Spanish people here. And then, hello. Right? Yeah. Like, like it happens. Right. But um, have you have you dealt with that a lot yourself yes, or? Yes. And, and, you know, that you see that a lot when you do some rentals, you know, you see a lot of landlords saying. I feel it. like that's what was one thing that turned me a lot from rentals, yeah. especially in Aspen. That's why right, I stopped like, doing rentals too. Yeah. Actually, um, I remember like one of, one of the the houses I had, like we everything was all good. We found we found like a lovely couple for it, and then they were like, "Oh no!" Yeah. I'm like, "Why?" Yeah. And it's like, "Cause they're black." And then I was like, "I can't work with you anymore." Yeah. And that was it. And I was just like, "I'm so fed up with like people telling me something like because of someone's background." It's or just family not fair. It's just not fair because you know, I believe that. Good, good ethic and professionalism comes in any color, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and there's so many nice families out there who unfortunately have these obstacles in life, and it's sad to say because of race, you know. It's I believe that racism should be legal in a way. You know? I mean, it, it technically is legal. Yeah, but it. like it's still very out there, you know. Yeah. And we see it every single day, you know. And and when I did a lot of rentals, is when I used to see even a lot more of it in real estate where, you know, people said, even with, you know, I don't want people with kids. I don't oh, want people yeah, that's with a big this one. color. Yeah. I don't want, you know, and it's hard for us because it's like we want to help the, 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 the landlord and we also want to be fair to all the rentals out yeah. there, you know? And I know, and I know a lot of agents, like, unfortunately, like they do, they do take that situation and they'll, they'll present it and they'll be like, there's nothing I can do about it, but there's so much you can do about it by just even having that conversation with yeah. that person like i don't know where you grew up or when you grew up but right. that's not okay anymore yeah um but you know it, I, i'm glad that things are kind of changing for right. the better in, in regards to that and i hope that you know real estate can change it, it certainly can and 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 maybe it can start by us being more aware of it and buying property and becoming landlords ourselves you yeah. know i mean that was a big thing for my mom like um she grew up in uh queensbridge okay right so the project's out there yeah and like owning property was like they, they never even foresaw it, yeah. right? And then my mom boy called up, and now everyone in my family, like, owns, right? There you go. And that's, like, the dream, right? You've got to own where, where you live. Like, Did you ever play Monopoly growing yo, up? Yo, I love Monopoly. <laughs> I am the Monopoly, like... <laughs> I, Monopoly king I am right the guy. I'm the Monopoly man. On oh, the man, he's the one with all the <laughs> hotels, all the... <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so I go, I go I go hard in Monopoly. Actually, I think that's the reason why I became a rose. There you go. In negotiation, I learned from Monopoly... Um, by just constantly playing, like me, my cousin Noman, and my mom, we would play like three rounds in a day. That's crazy. And mind you, like we 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 would speed through it, and we knew what like we yeah, what to do. Yeah, and um, I learned a lot through Monopoly. There you what go. about you? Well, same here. You know, I mean, I feel like life is like Monopoly. You know, and when it comes to getting a piece of the pie, it's like you gotta get your hands on property. And I feel that in regards to racism, that's how I can make a change. Yeah. Because uh, I saw it a lot when I started doing real estate, and now that I'm a landlord, I kind of like want to change that, you know, by giving families opportunities to not feel like they have, again, excuse my French, an asshole landlord, because there's a lot of asshole landlords out there, yeah. you know. I want to be that landlord that, you know, tenants could really say, like, oh man, this guy is the best landlord I ever had in my life, you know, and mm -hmm. I kind of like want people to say that about me. For sure. With all my properties. That's awesome. <laughs> and I think my 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 uh, tenants from my other properties could probably already tell you that that I, I try to be as easygoing as possible and 
try to get things done when they need to be done to keep everybody happy because at the end of the day they are paying the rent and if you They're show them, customers yeah if you show them the respect that they deserve and they show you the respect that that you deserve just ha have a good relationship you know yeah, that's sure. that's that's the best thing that you could do so if you had one piece of advice for somebody who's looking to get into investing what would you say like what would be that one piece of advice to get started if they had their back into wall or whatever maybe they may not see it in the future I, I got a perfect piece of advice don't be afraid to to partner up with somebody uh because the first property that i bought i bought with uh, a friend that i went to school with and i feel that sometimes uh, people are jealous of each other uh, instead of working in teams. And I feel like in other cultures, you kind of see that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've dealt with Indian clients, uh, Chinese clients, and I noticed that they work in teams. Yeah. You know, they help each other, you know. They're not greedy of each other. They're kind of like, they even lend each other their own money type of thing. Like, it was yeah, that yeah. crazy. Is yeah, that crazy? They have their little their, is their that banks. That they so the best piece of advice, you know, that I can give everybody out there is if you can't do it on your own, don't be afraid to partner up with somebody and maybe somebody that has your same mentality, that's as responsible as you, that you can trust. Uh, at the end of the day, it's a business. You know, you can't be protected by contract. But uh, don't, you know, think outside of the box is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Like, think outside of the box, you know, just... If you have the goal of investing, figure it out, make it happen, even if you don't have to do it by yourself, but at least you own something and and it's just gonna give you the experience to continue doing it and one day maybe just do it on your own. Yeah, man, and I actually, uh, me and Sonia, like had a great conversation about that while we were driving once to one of those properties that like, we, we need to create our own network uh, to create that power, right? Exactly. I feel like, um, cause we're Puerto Rican and uh, she's also Puerto Rican, um, we talk about like how we tend to like keep everything separated. We don't want anybody to know about our business exactly. instead of actually just saying, Hey, how can we pool all our resources? Exactly. Because once we're together, our net worth just pumps up that much more. Yeah. Right. And, um, everybody could get a little piece of the pie. Everyone could get exactly. some profit and stuff. So I think that's something that, you know, a lot of minority groups need to need understand. To yeah. Yes. That's how it works. You know, don't just don't be afraid and be smart. Be respectful, be honest. Yeah. Don't, JV, man, joint ventures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just just be loyal, you know, be loyal. That's very important. Yeah, man, loyalty is a hard thing to come by sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, man, but to be honest with you, if, if you find those right people, you can make such a change. You can not only make a change, but you can uh, reach your goals a lot faster. 100%, you know? man. So I want to thank you so much for, for coming on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I really feel like... You did drop a lot of gems and Thank we got you, to Alex. touch on a, on a topic that I feel like I always want to talk about, but we never really got opportunities to. Um, but thank you so much. No, Mark. thank you. Thank you. I, I Every time I saw your videos, I kind of like, oh, we said, ah, I want to get interviewed by somebody. And then when you brought up the opportunity, I said, oh, man, I, I'm very happy that you're here and that I'm getting this interview, and especially by you. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And just so you guys know, this is brought to you by Design for Realtors. It's e-commerce geared to helping realtors hit their pinnacle and reach their success yes. while also looking stylish doing it. I already so, made my order too. Yeah, can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to be waiting by the door. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so um, go check that out. And this is 100% Real with Alex. Thank you for tuning in and um, stay tuned for next episode. Thank you guys. Let's go. Cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Oh, man. Thank you. How was that, Amanda? That was great. Fuck, my phone started ringing. I should have had it in my pocket. <laughs> I felt so bad because you were both sweating so yeah. hard. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm getting really, very really hot. <laughs> it was freaking.